They had no idea that I'm coming in to get them to be honest about what they think about their bosses, what they think about themselves, and what they wish they were changing in their own lives. Literally, we're having a meeting. It's going to change the entire culture. And that girl's got to get on a dating app because she's 36 and she's devastated that she's not going to get married and have children. And it's really okay that we all care about that for her, right? And you're like, does that make her a better employee? Yes. Is that the secret sauce to actually having people love each other and care about and want to come to work? Yes. Is that common? No. Welcome to Commune, where each week we explore the ideas and practices that bring us together and help us live healthy and purpose-filled lives. I'm your host, Jeff Krasno. In addition to being a podcast, Commune is also an online course platform hosting some of the world's greatest teachers. In fact, today's guest, Lauren Handel-Zander, has a brand new course on Commune that you can take for absolutely free. If you join now and follow along from April 15th to April 24th, to learn more, click the link in the episode show notes or go to onecommune.com. Lauren is a life coach, university lecturer, public speaker, and the co-founder and chairwoman of Handel Group, a corporate consulting and private coaching company based in New York City. She is also the author of Maybe It's You, Cut the Crap, Face Your Fears, Love Your Life, a no-nonsense practical manual that helps readers figure out not just what they want out of life, but how to actually get there. Lauren carved out a career as a life coach before life coach was even a job title. She spent more than 20 years coaching thousands of clients from entrepreneurs to couples to families and politicians, from award-winning artists and musicians to Fortune 500 CEOs. The Handel Method, which is now supported by top educators and psychologists, has been taught in more than 35 universities and institutes of learning across the country. Using this method, she's fixed business relationships, reconciled marriages, and helped resolve complex family issues. In today's episode, Lauren gets really honest about how she arrived at her unique outlook on life. And if you like what you hear, remember to reserve your free spot in Lauren's new commune course, Learn to Human Better. Join thousands of others as we go through the course together starting April 15th. I'm your host, Jeff Krasno, and welcome to Commune. So radical candor. Yeah. Is honesty always good? Is it always a good thing? I think self-love is nothing to hide about yourself. Like if you love yourself, you respect yourself, or even if there's things you don't love or respect about yourself, but you're being true to yourself, which is self-love, you'll tell all. There's nothing you have to hide. If I can't tell something to someone, that obviously that means I can't do it. Right? If I wouldn't tell my kid, even my 10-year-old, you know, I'm not proud of it or I wouldn't want her to do it. Like anything I do or, you know, I have to be willing to tell the truth about. And that's my indicator if I'm really okay with it. Would you say that honesty and 
candor is a bedrock of the method. A hundred percent. It really is the secret sauce, right? The secret sauce is people don't really tell the truth and they're afraid to tell the full truth about who they are, what they've done, what they think. And it isn't that what you think is so genius. It's that if you can't say it, you can't even hear how you really think about it, right? So it's in the truth, you figure yourself out. So how did you get this going? I mean, how did you start with this thing? I mean, I think I started in my family at a very early age. And I was raised, honestly, an Orthodox Jew. And if you saw my siblings before me, they all lied. And my father, who was the keeper of the Orthodox, he had to know that everybody was lying, right? Like he kind of knew there was like a wink, wink in the back of it all. Like there was this illusion that everyone was honoring my father by lying. And funny enough, there was the moment when I was 13 years old that I was coming to my dad and really telling my lie, like, I'm going to Leslie's. And guess what? I was going to sleep at her house, bring the bag. Everybody had like the method for getting out of dealing with my father and Shabbos. Mm. Yeah. So my dad looked me in the eye and he's like, okay, kiddo. And I looked at him and I made a face at him for the first time ever. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Right? Like, dad. And he was like, he really, like the moment of what? And I was like, do you really want to know what I'm doing? And he was like, literally, I broke the matrix, right? Mm. And he was like, yeah, I want to know what you're doing. And I'm like, only if you don't stop me from doing it. (laughs) 13 years old. I went to the Cure concert, honest to God, with my friend Susan Ross and her dad was driving. It was like the most, you know, I was being a good girl, right? I had all the right plans and he let me go. And it was like, I changed the family in that moment by being like, I wasn't willing to be a liar. So that was a watershed moment yeah, for the, for the relationship between you and your dad. But- it actually changed the whole family. It was over. The game was over. The whole thing was over. That was the springboard mm. for you at a young age to then evolve into helping people to dream big and to manifest those big dreams? There's a difference between being true to yourself, right? So being true to yourself and not having to lie for anyone was like very much a long road. (laughs) But in regards to impacting the world and wanting to have an impact in the world... That was my heart. Like what I studied in school was that I, I was an environmental studies major, right? I was like, truly, how come people aren't taking care of my planet? How come people, like my planet, my, you know, what, what is up with this world? Where's the love, right? It was a little Elvis Costello. And I was going to be an evangelist. I really was. I was a crazy evangelist from a very little age. I was just full of shit for a long time. <laughs> So you were on the soapbox. I really was. I you was so annoying. <laughs> so when, when did it shift from annoying or just scattered ideas Yeah. to a more codified method? Or was there a moment where you're like, okay, wait a minute. This isn't just who I am. This is also career. 
it was at 28, 29 years old. I had already fallen in love with David. So I was with the man I was going to end up with. And I was also um, poor enough I didn't need a lot of money. So the idea of like striking out on my own, you know, based on my like already only making 45000 a year, you know, it wasn't like a real hard jump to go, let me try to build something myself. I started in 1998 as a life coach. And no one was a life coach. No one heard the name. I, my joke I say now is I not only had to invent a new industry, I then eventually had to compete in it. <laughs> and then, you know, I had to survive that people still think the concept life coach sounds ridiculous. Like, can't you come up with a better name for it? Right. I'm still asked that question right? How about life consultant, right? Like, can't you come up with something sexier? And I'm like, I think I'm actually a life coach. When you were first starting... How did you get people to trust you? Yeah. Like, how did they look at Lauren and say, I'm going to sit here in this chair and I'm going to get super vulnerable and I'm going to trust her and I'm going to follow her? Yeah. I have always been infectious. I would say one of my superpowers is how in love with people I am. Like, I really, honest to God, want to hear what happened. What? Who are you? Where did you come from? And how can I help you, right? Like, is this your best? Right, so, but, like, I, I give a shit. I always have. And so um, most people don't meet people that want to hear everything about them, right? It's not actually that popular to be wildly interested in someone else, which is a little frightening. I recommend it to anyone listening. Go for it. Be wildly interested in someone else and ask them a million and two questions about who they are and how they got to where they got. And that is the experience of love, right? You, that's how you love someone is you care about their lives, right? And so I'm pretty much a junkie and I love listening. And then over enough time, I love telling people what to do. So the you're combo. Just, you're the just combo. In, yeah, you're just interested in people. That's I, a gift. I why I like I really care. I literally I really I think a human story, like their story and their parents' story and how they tell the story of their lives is the most spiritual thing I can listen to. I'm super interested in terms of actually how you develop the method, but I want to yeah. ask you this. Yeah. Do you think that great life coaches, and now there are, there are many, now that is a very, there's so many that it might not be a viable career path again because <laughs> it's so viable. Yes. Do you think you need to not be self-absorbed in the sense of like you need to be interested in the welfare of other people? I pray to bejesus that people who are life coaching others love to fall in love and care about the other person's life. I consider myself someone who holds people's life contracts. Like I get you to make your contracts and I hold you to your contracts. 
And I think anyone who's a life coach should be doing exactly that. Like find out everything you need to know about that person's aspirations, dreams, and who they want to be and hold them accountable to that. Pretty much that's the job of a life coach. Got it. So there's a step one for you when you're sitting down with a new client. Yeah. Is discovery. Well, no, I make them do my homework assignment. I break life out into 12 different areas. I ask a person to write a vision in each of the 12. So it gets someone to separate out every area of life. And I ask for their vision. So finally, I get to hear what their vision is, like what they care about most. And then I ask them to rate their current life against that vision and explain why they gave it that rating, why they think they can or can't have what they want, and what's between them and succeeding at that. And so what I get when I read that first section, and this is just section one, is I get really how they see the world. And all those 12 different areas are like the vantage of how I can see into how they talk and the way they language everything. It's really pretty awesome. And then you go, what are you paying me for? You're paying me for what I hear you're not saying. Right. Trust me, you say what you say, and I hear everything you're not saying in every word you pick, which is really fun, right? And that's real. Like, if you ever watch me, like, read something and go, what did you get? And you're like, what did you really learn? You'd be more interested in my notes about the human than what you heard yourself. So that's the fun of section one. Section two is parent traits. I ask a person for every positive and negative trait of their parents, like give a word and a description, like my father's stubborn, um, and he does think he's smarter than everybody else in the room. Lovely. And then I ask you to go, how does that live in you? Yeah, me too. (laughs) And then explain it, right? So then you start to have to deal with pinning the tail on your own donkey. And then I ask for your parents' marriage traits, positive and negative, and I don't care how many marriages they've had. And I want to know how you are, like how you have that trait too, positive, like is it the same, the opposite, or a reaction to it in some shape or form? And then the final section is I ask you for your haunting memories. For all the memories you could have, you don't. And the ones you've kept, you know, people don't investigate why you think you've held on to that one. And so when I put the 12 areas of life, the traits and the haunting memories together, I really get a download. And I train my coaches to get that same like full mapping of what, and I call that whole scene a default mission. And then it literally sets the coach up to get that person to fulfill on their dreams. Got it. Yeah. And then I've heard you describe yourself as, as, as in sort of being on this three-legged race yes, with a person. Yes, I love three-legged races. Yeah, I, I always enjoyed that as a kid. <laughs> I was a born collaborator, so, and then, um, <sighs> but there, but that's not always, that doesn't always flow like water, it right? It fucking sucks. Who are you kidding? Get me off your goddamn leg. You don't want me running with you. And that's the point. That's the, the whole point is to get rid of me. The whole point is to make yourself once I get you in. No, it's like the most like there. What I what I say is that there's a period of time you need me, and then there's a period of time you really don't need me anymore, and it's just fun to run together, right? And it's not like then I'm just a luxury, yeah. And then it's a fun luxury, 
right? But the but the truth is, I have clients that you know I've known for fifteen years, and they can call me, and I it's not like they're very different now, right? So I know exactly where they are. I can hear two sentences and be like, uh oh. So, how many people have you guys coached now, just as a group? Hundreds of thousands. We're into the hundreds. Maybe like around a hundred thousand. Maybe maybe less. And and do you have a number? I mean, if you're like, I want to affect a billion people. That's on my tombstone. Is that is there something like that that as you think about your legacy, your ongoing legacy, is 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 that play into it at all? I'm in a lot of trouble on my legacy. I really have. I really have my moment when I die. And in my mind, I say, like, the moment, the moment I die, I go, I did it, right? Like, I did it. I did what? Except my dream is so fucking huge. Like, the world shifted. Like, the tide shifted, right? And, and people, like, and you go, what are you out to stop on earth? And I'm like, oh, I'm not that interested. Like, self, you know, like, uh, world peace would be freaking great. But I'm going for the end of lying. Hmm. And I really am. I'm going for the end of lying. Maybe it's the same thing. I think world peace has better odds. And so the way that you help people, there's a variety of different ways. Some of it's one-on-one and very, very intimate. Mm-hmm. And then some of it's kind of digital media and very mm-hmm. scaled. Yes. But how much time do you... Because there's only one of you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as far as I can see. Yes. Um, I mean... That's a lot of work. I mean, just to maintain the energy and the relationship with a good amount of people. Yeah. No, it's really easy for me. First of all, we have at least, you know, 25 full-time working coaches. We have a corporate division and we have a life coaching division. And most people don't even know I exist. They've heard of me, but they don't, they don't find me. Right. And no one's really selling me. Um, I work in corporations. I work with CEOs. I get deployed and I'm, you know, I'm odd. Right. Everyone knows I'm a little odd. And then I get deployed to work with CEOs. And I'm much more of a teacher of how to be a leader and be a bit spiritual, no matter what company you're leading. And so that's my GM. And so how does that work? What does that process look like? And, And what are you trying to achieve? I don't need to reach hundreds of millions of people. I need to reach the right hundred and get to the good guys who are running good money. And so if you go, who is that? And I go, wow, you should see my list of CEOs, right? And then they're really, and I will not, and you're like, do you work with anyone? And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, not unless I think they're epic and have the soul of someone I would love to, I would ride with, right. right, roll with. So in essence, you are affecting hundreds of millions of people by going and affecting the people that then yeah. can make systemic change in yeah. their corporations yeah. or in the environment or with their products. Yeah. But what are you finding, it, what is leadership thirst from you? So I work with a leader 
female or male, to first become their best self, as hokey as that sounds, but like really be true to themselves, right? And they all have funky lists, right? They all, I mean, you know, odd ducks, right? Really odd ducks. Humans are odd ducks. And so we straighten out the odd ducks. We get them free about themselves, tell the truth about everything. You know, get them to the dentist, right? Like as silly as like, when was the last time you were to the dentist? Nine years ago. So you get a human to totally love themselves, deal with personal things, their life things, their family things, and then at the same time, who they want to be with their executive team, their board, and then what they want to do with the money and how they want to run the company, right? And then we really get brought in. And if you hear what I do, I'm not just trying to make more money. I'm trying to get happy people. And then if you really watch what happens when Handel comes in is we have to come in at the top because we're so weird and get everybody telling the truth, right? We really do. And then what happens is, is then the teams start to really work because they're really not hiding their lives anymore, right? So it really changes a culture to be honest, right? And then you'd be amazed at how much more money a company makes when, the whole, when people are actually happy to come to work, when work isn't this compartmentalized lie where people are faking their corporate, right? Like you, right? You're running a, a, a business, but it, it's great to be here, right? People don't feel like they're going to their office, right? It, it, that's not how my company feels either. So it's kind of like the secret sauce for the future is people loving doing what they're doing. And that comes from fixing human relationship. I mean, I literally went into Def Jam, right? So I was in like Def Jam. It's like not do like they're they're working on themselves, and so yeah. they had no idea that I'm coming in to get them to be honest about what they think about their bosses, what they think about themselves, and what they wish they were changing in their own lives. Like, are we allowed to talk about this here? <laughs> right, like. Body promises, meditation promises, dating prom like literally, we're having a meeting. It's going to change the entire culture. And that girl's got to get on a dating app because she's 36 and she's devastated that she's not going to get married and have children. And it's really okay that we all care about that for her, right? And you're like, does that make her a better employee? Yes. Is that the secret sauce to actually having people love each other and care about and want to come to work? Yes. Is that common? No. What is the spiritual element in your work? Here's my line that I freaking love. What are you doing for a living, Lauren? I am rebranding, repackaging, and remarketing the soul to itself. (laughs) Doesn't quite get it there. Needs a little wake up. And then it needs dusting off. And then it needs to figure out it's really into itself because it's really the best thing going. So I believe in whatever anyone's into, spiritually speaking, I believe in it. I don't really care, right? I have mine and I'll demand you to have yours. 
And so I don't really care. I just care that they have to care for themselves. And you're like, how many people do you make get spiritual? I'm like, every last one of them. Every last, like truly. <laughs> so you, you've devoted your life to helping other people be happy. Are you happy? I should be illegal how happy I am. <laughs> right? I think it's <laughs> and, illegal. And do you think <laughs> do you think that's true because you have devoted yourself to helping others? Is that the key to happiness on some level? Is to give? I mean, you obviously take incredible enjoyment. You are so gratified by someone else finding their happiness and pursuing their dream and getting over what was ever was holding them back. Yeah. That makes you happy. That's a beautiful, beautiful yeah. thing. I think I understand how to be happy in life. Like I actually think I'm having a ball. And I think I was born an old soul. Like I think I was, I think my challenge in life was not was I going to really figure this out for myself? But was I going to be able to give it away? So I really do think I'm on a mission. And I think my mission is what can I leave behind on earth as a representation of what's possible for every individual? I just want people to invent what, what their list is, their bucket list, and be in love with doing it. And I don't care what the hell's on your bucket list. So I don't, I don't have to care about that. That Like, is, is, service, is service my dope? Yeah. 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 Do you think you're successful in doing what you do because you challenge people? I mean, I feel challenged by you. I know, I'm a little scared. No, but I mean, I'm not in a, not honestly in a negative way <laughs> okay. at all. But I do feel challenged. Like you are going to push me. Yeah. And continue to push yeah. me. Yeah. Until you see, I mean, not see a result per se, but until I react, you know, until there is some sort of catalytic response. Yeah. You challenge people. Yeah. Is that conscious or is that just who you are? Uh, I don't have a choice about that. It's a little like sleeping and peeing for me. It's like, like, can I help it? The answer is it's got to like a fuck no. I don't have any option, right? I don't have any option. I don't, I don't even seem to care if you're like eight years old, right? Like, <laughs> I'm like, coming for you too. Yeah. Yeah. Come on over here. Let's talk about this. So last thing, <laughs> you've been working today yeah. since, like, I think I saw you at maybe 7 a.m. And you were probably up, up earlier. earlier than yes. that. And you filmed all day. Yes. And with not really any break. I mean, you had lunch for like no, five minutes. No, they didn't even let me <laughs> And here we are, and the sun has set. And yeah. you still have a vibrancy and an energy. Mm. How is that possible? I think you have to be in love with your purpose, right? Like life is such a verb. People want love 
to be like a net, like a chair. I love you, right? Like it doesn't mean I need to feel it, show it, express it in this moment. And I think I'm very clear that that's a crock of shit. Nothing just is. It's always expressing right now. And I really am in love with being alive. Mm. And I really am. I really think life is such fun. You're fun. This is fun. And um, I'm never, like, I'll be, I'll be sad to go. I'll be sad to go. So what would I recommend? I recommend that an individual has, thing, has rituals up the yin-yang that they're in love with. And they need to be simple right? Like that cup of coffee, the way to go to bed at night, the people you love, the like simple, like more simple and lots of love, right? And then make sure it's uh, not a vice, okay? Like <laughs> vices down to like, you know, an eighth of your day, right? And then the rest of your day needs to be things you're in love with. And there has to, and then if you're not in love with then you're doing something wrong. If life isn't fun, you're doing something wrong. So, But if you're not in love with things, the people in your life, the moments in your life, I swear to God, it's uh, your fault. Sorry, it's true. Um, and you really have the capacity, every human being has the capacity to be in love with life. It's not that tricky. You got a body, put cream on it, right? <laughs> you know, like enjoy yourself, right? Figure it out. Get in a hot tub. Like, okay, you don't have a hot tub. You can't afford one. How about a hot bath? Put some bubbles in it, right? Put the music on. I remember I took a CEO, right? And, and she was so stressed out. And I was like, listen, we're going to do one new rule a day. Like we're going to like literally, like I'm going to work on you and we're going to put in rituals because you suck at being happy. You're a workaholic and there's no fun in your life. I can't. It's this. And I'm like, okay, we're going to start with something very simple. A bath. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, 10 o'clock, you fucking owe a bath. I'm like, dim the lights. One, like, I want a candle. I want the music. What, you like music? Right? And I literally, and she's like, literally, I could get her on right now. And she's like, the greatest thing that ever happened to me is Lauren made me start taking baths. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you've won me over. I'll give you that. God bless you. I love you. Thank you. I love you, too. Lauren's method has inspired so many people all around the world to make room for joy and honesty in their lives. And now you can try her method yourself if you sign up for the new commune course, Learn to Human Better. This course really digs into how you can get out of your own way and turn your dreams into reality. Join us at onecommune.com. Thanks for listening to the Commune Podcast. I'm Jeff Krasno, and I'll see you next time.